Oh, we are back. It is Rossi on Wrestling. Another episode with my main man, at BD2411. Billy, what is going on? Raw sucks. Raw sucks. Raw, Raw was freaking horrible. It was it, god freaking awful. Um, it, I, it's shocking that they're produced from the same company. One of my buddies brought that up, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wait, what's produced with the same company? Smackdown and Smackdown? Raw, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It just, Raw was awful. Bailey? I love you. That was that was some of the worst television I've ever seen. If you were worried they weren't going to do another Q&A segment, well, guess what? They fucking did it again. Why? It was one of the worst all-time segments in Raw history. Like, oh, let's bring it back. You, you know what's funny? If you just say that was one of the worst all-time segments in Raw history, that means Bailey is now involved in like two of them. several of those. At least well, two of them. Because you think... This is your life. Yeah, the this is your life, Bailey. And actually, that means also Alexa Bliss has been involved in two of those. Well, she's Alexa- great, which is the... Pro- like, just stop booking her in those things. But I just want to be in the production meeting where they're like, hmm, we did the uh, Q&A last week. Let's do it again this week. Good yeah. idea. <laughs> Let's do it. No. Sign me up. But what they said was they go, you know what? We're going to do it again, but we're going to have, have more fan questions, and we're going to bring something up that's kind of special that I don't know if people want to even see, but we can get to that a little bit. For later a second, on. I thought maybe they're going to redem- like have a redemption moment there. Yep. They're going to twist it a little. They're going to poke fun at it. No, same thing. Just longer. Let's make something <laughs> that's bad even longer. It's, it was so uncomfortable. I felt like I was watching the first day of an improv class where nobody wanted to be there. Because when they were talking, they just they would answer questions and it was as if they didn't know, they didn't prep them. When she was like, oh, what superpower would you have? And then they asked Sasha Banks. She was just like, ah, uh, same as Bailey's. It's pretty good. I like their answer. What? Oh, yeah. It was that that right there. It, it made it gave me two things of the feels. It was like one was like, okay, they're kind of making it seem like this actually isn't scripted for once. And then the second part of it was like, okay, what are we doing here? What, what am I actually watching? Because this is the difference between entertainment and stupidity. And it was leaning a lot more to the stupidity meter. But let, let's get to that raw stuff. I'm sure you're – I can tell you're already fired up. I am raw. But, but uh, you are raw. And emotional. Uh, well, I'm definitely emotional <laughs> and very opinionated and very excited because we got some big topics we're going to get to later in the, uh, the episode. In our main event, we're going to talk about best finishers in wrestling. This kind of was sparked by the Mac oh, and Goo podcast who uh, did their Goose Juicy six-pack on six, I do not think, best wrestling finishers. I don't even think some of those are great, but it's opinionated. So aside from my uh, co-pilot here, opinions can't always be wrong. It's very true. Spoiler alert. Uh-oh. One of your things was worse than the Sasha and Bailey segment. Spoiler wow. Alert. Of, so of my finishers? To- oh, yeah. oh okay. absolutely. So we'll get to that the main event as well as mount rushmore of wrestling uh we were texting um you know and, and bill kind of brought this up i was like let's do that as well because you know what it, we're early in a podcast let's get all the big topics in there because we need to gain as many people that may potentially have opinion on these and we'll get to your twitter reaction on that as well um but originally you said i think we're gonna have some of the same i modified mine and we added men and women because realistically with all due separate respect, but equal Always works, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm very 2018. <laughs> um, but a woman in wrestling, ha- not one has made such an impact that she would make the actual Mount Rushmore. But I think there has been such a underrated amount of women that have done huge things in the WWE. So we'll, we'll do a little bit of both. But let, let's start off. Don't necessarily agree with that, but all right. We'll, but get, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll listen, get to there's it. plenty to argue and there's plenty to come. But let's start off with worldwide wrestling news. Cue the sounder. We don't have one. Uh, WrestleMania weekend changes. So this affects me. It should have affected you, but you're not down. Going yet. Yeah. Not going yet. I see. I like that. Yeah. 
That the, Maybe the door open. That, oh, even better, because you know what they did. WWE announced they have switched up their schedule for uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the past few years, traditionally, Friday night, the WWE Hall of Fame. Or last year was the Hall of Fame, because Mark Henry went in. Snooze Fest. It, very entertaining to start. If you go to those events, it is fun in the beginning, gets real tough in the middle, and hopefully somebody good at the end. I went to the Kind of like where, Raw minus the good stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like my sex life as well. Uh, went to the one where Kurt Angle was the headliner. That was a good class. We had a lot of fun, me and my wife. Went... Uh, the one when Sting was going in in Dallas gave my tickets to people literally walking away didn't even pay for them just said hey do you guys want to go to the Hall of Fame they thought I was kidding them they went nuts nothing no one reacts more about excitement than giving wrestling fans free stuff oh yeah that is a fact yeah most of us are pathetic, including me. Yeah, well, that, uh, so then we have now... You're among friends here. Feel safe. Yeah, everybody. Well, listen, the thing about wrestling community that I think the best part, I know you asked, thank you for asking, is it's all-inclusive. We're all in there. Yeah, we don't We care. all judge each other, too, like, oh, that's a bad take, or, oh, why do you like that wrestler? But at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. Whether you are a million years old, one years old, have, you know, come from any different country, have whatever your background is financially whether you come from a poor area, rich area, we're all like For the, the same. most part, out of all of the events I've ever been to, I'm sure people have stories back in the day or maybe even to events they go to now, but it's a pleasant event. There's usually very few rowdy people and very few – I've never seen a fist fight really break well, out. The, it's it's pretty much just, you know, you're going there to have a good time with either your family, your and, friends, or your kids. And, and you're right because, yeah, they're rowdy. We get rowdy. We yell. You might have some drinks if you're of age. But it, you are not like – if you're a 25-year-old or a 35-year-old and you're drinking, you're not like, oh, there's a 10-year-old in front of me. I'm going to be a complete jerk. Like yeah. you see like – no offense, like at an NBA game or an NFL yeah. game. You don't see that. And the other thing that I think is so underrated about going to a wrestling event, and I've been to all these WrestleManias. My wife and I, we have seen this. That might improve your sex life, by the way. Stop bringing her to WrestleMania. Oh, maybe, maybe. Well, we already got tickets for this. And so. dragging her. I don't try. She, she, she is a them. sport. She is a sport. She oh. is. And she gets. She has gotten into it. She has gotten out of it just as much as she's gotten into it recently. Just like any wrestling fan with the stuff like that. No, it's, it's getting – I feel like my cat's gonna like burn my apartment down. There's a candle in the other room, and he went in there, so I don't know what's gonna happen. That is like the 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 sauce. Another sauce tease of- for later on the podcast. Find out if the apartment burns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my cat kills us all. Um, but the thing is, like, there's also a lot of like people that have like different handicaps that are talking about just all included. Yeah. They are all there. I think that that I don't see at any other sporting event. So that's like one of my favorite things. We can get more into that at, at a future podcast, just because. You know, that is the one thing that's underrated. We might crap on the products we see sometimes, but overall, we're, we like to be entertained by them, and it's, like I said, it's all included. So back back to all these changes for WrestleMania weekend. So they have announced that they are now moving NXT TakeOver, which will be, I guess they're calling it, are they, are they calling it Brooklyn? Are they calling it New what, York? Like, what are they going to call this one? They haven't really This is their that. WrestleMania, pretty much, right? This is the one they market as their big one? Not even though, like, this is... I guess. I always feel like Brooklyn's their big one, personally. But but anyways, like, what is this one named? Because it technically is in Brooklyn. That's what I mean. Like, They're back to Barclays. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see what they name it. But anyways, that has moved to Friday night. Traditionally, it's been Saturday night the past few years, since the very first one that they did, where uh, the Sami Zayn-Shinsuke Nakamura match in Dallas, that was their first takeover on uh, WrestleMania weekend. They are now moving that... To Friday night, Saturday will be the WWE Hall of Fame, which coincides to be the same night as the Ring of Honor New Japan Madison Square Garden show, the first ever wrestling event, non-WWE wrestling event, at MSG. Allegedly, they're saying it's just for travel purposes. Their first ever, right? Uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor, yes. 
Well, no, it's the first one. Other than WWE, there has been no... I think no, WCW booked one there. Never has. That is that is a fact. All right. That is a fact, Jack, according right. to the Twitter and the, and the Instagrams and the internets. But yeah, so th- this is kind of an interesting move. People originally thought this is a move clearly to get NXT off of the same night as that New Japan show because that New Japan show, be, not only being a first time ever, there's a lot of buzz outside of the WWE. And people are clamoring to go to that. That event sold out in six minutes. Now people are starting to get a little sour because you just found out that... Cody Rhodes isn't going to be there. Young Ooh. Bucks are not going to be there. Kenny Omega, questionable to be there because all these things are up in the air about that new, new promotion. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But Brian Alvarez of uh, Wrestling Observer Live said that the reason for the move, they're claiming they moved NXT so they... People could to, come in earlier. Yeah, so people could get in there. Which which makes sense what? from a business perspective because they're probably, like you said, just giving away their tickets and they don't care about the... But that's the hall, that was the Hall of Fame. So you move the Hall of Fame to Saturday. So now they're trying to get people into New York earlier for Friday so they stay the weekend and go to the Hall of Fame? Yeah. That... So you're going to come in earlier. You're going to be... Because they're probably losing out on some finances or something like sure. that. People are coming in on Saturday just for those not coming in Friday and getting all the money that they would spend throughout the weekend. Yeah. I don't know. No, it, it's an interesting move personally. As a fan, I like it. I like. I Space think there should be wrestling. Yeah. And this is going to be one of their few last few opportunities to do anything on a Friday night. I wish Friday nights were more popularized. Like even these crown jewels, which I'm not a fan of the idea of crown jewel all the time. But I like Friday events. I like event on a Friday, even a Saturday. Like wrestling, we don't always have to do everything on Sunday. Like we're around all the time. We're watching Mondays and Tuesdays. But now they're going to move that Foxdale to the Friday night. So I just found this kind of interesting. I still think there's a lot to do with that. Uh, Ring of Honor show. Uh, before we get to our next thing, I just got my email today for my travel package. Ooh. Uh, Exciting. I don't know if I want to reveal the hotel that we're going to be staying in because I'm sure it's where everyone's going to be staying in. But if you are going and you were part of the travel package, you know we're going to be in downtown Madison Square. I mean, downtown Times Square, which is 40 minutes away walking-wise from Barclays. Yeah. And 15-minute walk from Madison Square Garden. So, WWE, Thanks. Yeah, big F you. So I have to take Ubers, and they're giving you like a train ticket for everything, which is fine. But you really want to be missed. I don't. I don't even take the train in Boston, and that's not even confusing. I do. I take the Orange Line, and it is a horrifying but, experience almost every morning. And the <laughs> train in New York is way worse. Oh, I, I'm, I'm honestly a little. That scares me more than anything, any fan or any interaction I'm gonna have. But yeah, I'm just that pisses me off a little bit because if every town we've gone to, Orlando, Dallas, New Orleans, if you go in the hotel, it's like walking distance to where the events are. That's what happened. That I don't stuff's mi- in New York, man. I, I don't even mind that WrestleMania. We have to probably take a bus, a train, whatever. That's fine. But the, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm a little frustrated by that. Uh, our other piece of news. Today, Dynamite Kid. R.I.P. Yeah, Thomas Billington passed away on his 60th birthday. First off, if you're going to die, I want to die on my birthday. They say even. great people do die on their birthday. Is that I'm what not. they say? Yeah. Who says? Uh, I've heard it before. It's got to be true. All right, people. Yeah. So I read it on the internet. And Dynamite Kid, from my perspective, is the is the great white like hope in a way. He was a guy I never seen saw wrestle live. Always heard stories about when I was younger, like watching wrestling tapes. People be like, oh, "Have you seen Dynamite Kid? You seen Dynamite Kid?" I'm like, first of all, awesome name, yeah, great wrestling name. Coming I'm, from yeah, coming from the era when like there was really just everyone had a more of a name and a gimmick to them, and you don't see that now. Um, but Dynamite Kid is the guy that gets credited for people like Chris Benoit. The wrestling part, yeah, uh, gets the small to- high flying wrestlers wrestler. Um, from what I've heard from a lot of people, revolutionized that aspect of the business for a guy his size. So, 
you know, he did a lot of good things. The I remember the tag team vaguely from being a kid with the uh, Matilda and uh, Davy Boy Smith. Yeah, the the Bulldogs, and we watched a couple of them, and there was some they fought a couple of WrestleManias. So when we used to do all of our WrestleMania rewatches. Uh, which now think about trying to watch all the WrestleManias. It's a lot, thirty-five. Well, thirty-four. Going thirty-four. But just think about well, thirty-five technically because one counts as one. But anyways, uh, wait, am I right on that? I don't think so. Eh, we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll we'll edit that out. Um, but the thing with with now, like the past two WrestleManias have been like five WrestleManias from the first three. Like the first five WrestleManias, you could fit in the time of just watching like thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four. Yeah, it's insane how long they are. But yeah, so he, they fought in a couple. I mean, of I got the package when it was like WrestleMania twenty. 20. We were heading yeah. to 20, and I remember us watching them all. It's ridiculous. So that was 19 that we watched at the time. But, uh, but yeah, Dynamite Kid, um, I watched a match of him earlier. I'm actually going to make that, at the end of the show, we'll wrap up by giving you a match suggestion. But I'm going to give you one from him because I actually watched it today. I'm I'm not going to pretend, like, there's a lot of wrestling nerds. Like, I've heard of him. I, I remember magazines about him. But never watched an actual match of his until today, aside from, like, tag matches. This one goes way back to before either one of us was born. So we can uh, we can get to that in our match of the day uh, later. But uh, one thing about Dynamite Kid, another person that credits him completely for his style and his intensity is Bret the Hitman Hart. His very first match, he said in the Stone Cold podcast, was against Dynamite Kid. Yeah, that's, I mean, if that's the case, then... Kudos to him because I the way Bret Hart wrestles is the way I think every wrestler should wrestle. Not necessarily that style, but the selling of each and every single move, making everything count, looking like you're moving the whole ring when you're going into the corner. And if that's the kind of style, I mean, like, again, I only see, seen him in small parts, but if that's the kind of style he had, then and he revolutionized the business with that, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this week in wrestling now, cue the sounder. We don't have that one. Not yet. Uh, so we, we started off off the top talking a little bit about Bailey. We kind of go around the, the horn. I just kind of put like a good, the bad, the ugly of some of this. But uh, I'm going to throw on my positive wrestling. wrestling hat, even though you're the one wearing a hat. Um, I'll just start off with this week, some of the stuff that grabbed my attention. The Daniel Bryan promo. Fantastic. This guy is money. And he's been money since the beginning. They have been really just leaving him in that kind of weird ether. And this is the problem with WWE. They don't want to keep baby faces hot. Now, I know he's turned heel. The hippie heel. Yeah, the hippie heel, which is great. Which is the fantastic... He's kind of stealing that gimmick from the dude who was in NXT. I forgot to look up his name before oh, I came Parker, with... uh, yeah. Casey Parker, who's now... Um, I forget his name in New Japan. Um, Had the sign, Only One Earth. Yeah. That is the perfect gimmick for this day and age because, you know, recycling's great. The Earth is great. I love recycling. Do all of that stuff. That's fine. Day. But the person who's in your face about it, you fucking hate. Yeah, they're and annoying. this Daniel Bryan, it's the first time I've been interested in a character in a long time. Becky's cool because she's new. She's the Stone Cold-esque kind of person. Ronda's cool because she's like a big name. This is a character that has depth and I'm interested in. Yeah, and you actually like like him, but you hate his, what he's talking about. Yeah, Like you want to see Daniel Bryan in the ring. You, I, I'm a I only hate him because I'm a smart. I only like him because I'm a smart. Little yeah. kids were probably pissed. Yeah, and they should be, and that's what they wanted it to be. And even some adults, like even me, like when it happened on SmackDown, when he when he kicked it, AJ Styles, I was livid because also it was like changed everything, and it, it made me, it pulled my emotions out. Oh, I am a kid at heart. Um, and sometimes not just at heart. But yeah, his promo was great this week on Miz TV. Basically, he grabbed the fans who kept chanting what, turned it on them, and didn't do it in the normal way where it's like, Say, Ronda Rousey's done. Yeah. The blub sheep yeah. or something. <laughs> well, depends. Um, but he he turned them and then started. Go, what was the word he used? Oh, now I, I'm forgetting it. He you used like, like I forget it. it's from the stupid like play probably rifle. That wasn't rifle, but whatever. Anyways, fickle, fickle, fickle. He kept going fickle, 
Fickle. And sheep. Then, and then he was like, look at the sheep. They just react. And it was so good. He turned on. And the thing that was actually powerful, the way the fans reacted, he took those little uh, emblems of the yes and took them off of his championship belt. So there's no, like, in identification to the belt that every other champion has had. And he said the yes movement is dead. So whole, And I think that all of that stuff is great. I hope it progresses a little bit each week. Like this week, he didn't do the... The point with the yes, next week maybe he has a slight change to his theme. Just keep tweaking him a little bit every week, making him interesting. And then what did you think about Miz in that segment? Because I'm I'm befuddled about the Miz. But you're asking why is he doing these things? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I don't get, like, the past few weeks I feel like they were trying to make him, like, a goofy-ass, like, character. He was, like, our truth ish and then this week he was a little more serious, which I like. This week he was looking for credit from Daniel Bryan. When he didn't receive that, he's kind of in this weird position because then he and, fought AJ Styles. And then he helped him out. Yeah, he, so that he helped was, him get away. So the best thing that you can do in any kind of storytelling is create questions. And not the questions where it's like, why the fuck are they doing that dumb Q&A segment again? <laughs> questions like, what is this character's motivation? Yeah, because the then you're interested. You're figuring out what's going to happen next. Not the straight line booking that you see, good guy, bad guy. You're creating a little bit of gray, and this stuff is great. I, I agree. It makes you want to come back to see what will happen next. Because yeah. Miz was in, I think, three segments. He was also backstage with Shane talking about the great best in the world. thing. That stuff I could do without, but at least it adds to this modification of his character. Is he face? And I was very heel? worried about his character because I thought they oh, were turning him face. Yeah. And it seems he's in this gray area, which is where he needs to be if they're going to book him at that kind of middle and, level. And I think the one thing you just said that, that interests me the most and what I feel like Raw is completely lacking is coming back to answer a question. Now, not every week you have to do it, but I remember when we were doing it, we, we tested out a different podcast before this um, with uh, one of the guys from the Knockers. By the way, listen to the Knocker if you want full recaps. It is the best podcast out there for that. There you go. That's a nice plug. Yeah. They better be. They better hear this, and they better thank you. Because <laughs> um, the 16 people that hear this one are going to go and listen. Job knocker. Anyways, so when we were talking about that, when we did that one, it was around the time when the Kurt Angle mystery angle was going on yes. on Raw. You like it, hate it, whatever the result is, there was three weeks of Raw that I was so interested to see what they were going to do with that type of stuff. I like when there is storylines that are, whether it's including in-ring well action or out, not. Planned. Or just have, like, intrigued to see what comes. Like, Holy crap, who jumped him? Or, hey, I got a secret I'm going to reveal next week, and I know it's about this guy. Or, like, whoa. Or, like, NXT did it recently with it's, who attacked Alistair Black. It's like any other story in any other realm anywhere. Wrestling needs to stop acting like it's special and different. It's the reason why people go to Game of Thrones. It's the reason why people stopped watching The Walking Dead, because it was yes. the same storyline every friggin' season. You're not doing anything different, and that is the rut that the WWE... Can't even say it. Can't even speak. <laughs> Easy for you to say. But that is the trouble that they're in right now, and I think SmackDown is doing a great job of trying to get them out of that rut. Yes, I agree. And they're keeping it more streamlined, and they're, they're programming their two hours so strongly and doing the best they can with every character. They're putting so many characters in front of you and not wasting them. Um, some of the other positives, also sticking with SmackDown, Becky, Asuka, Flair, Charlotte Flair to start the night, loved it, loved Becky, love her attitude, love how she, uh, Charlotte, it's kind of bringing that attitude out of her, and then Asuka gets to play the character she should, don't talk too much, just just don't, we don't need you to, but she missed the opportunity for my favorite line from her, you talk too much. Yeah, that I agree with you. That, Should have happened. It's gone. That line is long oh, gone. Hard to so find, but she good. should because between the two of them, they're just blabbing on. And Oscar's like, "I've beat you, and you haven't beaten me." And it's like, 
I love this. I want to see these two. I want to see this match. You know what we had on SmackDown? And we always have it on Raw. It's we got a tag team match player. But the, on SmackDown, they made it make logical sense. All the questions that you needed to be answered. It's not just like, oh, you guys are here. You guys are here. Tag team match. They It, it worked. It was a storyline from last week. You're in, you're interluding other people into this feud, which is great. That's and, what helps sell these stories. And it made no sense on Raw that Ronda was coming out with Natty to face Naomi and Tamina, no, who looked yeah. terrible in the ring. And then, like, the other team Naya. comes out and interferes, and they still get the match at the end with the other team. It, it yeah. made well, no logical sense. There's a sense. positive somewhere in there, but I know what you mean. You know why it makes the most sense on SmackDown? What do all the women want? What does every character, what does every women's superstar want on that roster? CM Punk? I don't know. That's what they used to want. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> they want the women's title. Yeah. That's what it's about. Mandy Rose comes out and is like, listen, you guys have forgotten about they us. They made the like, title important. That's exactly it. And that's what makes Becky more important. That's what makes this champion, uh, this match between Asuka, Charlotte, and Becky more important. This is so smart on the writer's half uh, over on SmackDown. because oh, you can actually see the belt. I mean, you see the, the other championship on SmackDown as well. But the main title on Raw is never there. And Ronda... She, she is fantastic, but the belt doesn't mean as much on Ronda. No, because you're not Smackdown. seeing that kind of like desire from all the women. You get, and we'll get to this Bailey and Sasha stuff more. Another one of my positives: the Dolph Ziggler Drew McIntyre match. Nothing else. We're gonna get. We're gonna bring them up in a few when I take this hat off. But the match itself was fantastic because you know what this had, which we were talking about a few minutes ago. I did not know who was going to win, and I didn't know why whoever won would win. That's- when the match started, I was like, "Where is this going?" Why am I seeing this right now? First of all, <laughs> what is going on here? But I had no idea who was going to win the match and why they and what the reason was for their. I watched that on 4X because Dolph Ziggler is not entertaining. Oh. That storyline is bad. No. Were they together? They weren't together. They broke up. Is Strowman still apart? I, I have no right, idea what's going on. on. I have no off. idea what's going on. The, the only first the, of all, no I idea disagree. what's going on. The War Dogs was like a three week thing, and then Strowman had to go back to being a face. Moving on from there, so then they kind of edged. Um, McIntyre away from Ziggler to put him in this kind of weird grouping he's not with edgy. Bobby Diesel in this scenario, right? Yeah, he's the Diesel. Yeah. Well, now he's turning into the like Diesel in '95. Diesel, not so good. Bad, worst champion maybe in WWE history. Diesel, but you had McIntyre, Lashley, and, and, and Corbin in this weird little grouping, and. The problem is they shouldn't have left Ziggler out of that. They should have had Ziggler in there because the way to book these storylines best, in my opinion, or the ones we've seen in the history, is you keep people together. People can be friendly. It doesn't mean they have to be by each other's side. Yeah. Everything needs to have these like breakup storylines or we're not friends anymore. We fight. No. Make it human. Like if I don't, if me and Billy get in a beef. Frenemies. Pretend Yeah. We're not going to go and fight. Pal holes. Ooh, pal holes. I like that one. Make a t-shirt. Uh... We're not gonna go and fight, and then like six months later, fight again. Like it, like the Sami Zayn, Kevin. Like the, we, their, their history isn't that thick. It started the night after WrestleMania. All it has to be is slight professional professional jealousy from Dolph to eventually lead to this. But for them to just be like, Dolph's like, oh, you won an award? What about me? He had nothing me? to do with them for weeks. I know, and that's the problem. They don't have to make it that obvious. You don't have to write out a character. Just keep him there. Do what you've done with Leo Rush. Just have him there. Just have him there, and then eventually we can get this match. So the good is the match. The bad, the Rush storyline. This would have been a perfect TLC match. Not necessarily in that um, stipulation, but for the pay-per-view. But yet we get... McIntyre versus Finn Balor? I care more about Dolph Ziggler versus McIntyre than I care about Finn Balor versus McIntyre. I'm not going to try and make logical sense of anything going on Raw with the booking. It's just, it's too convoluted, and every week the stories don't make sense. The Finn Balor booking, it it, it makes me angry. The Dolph, all of it makes me angry. And then Apollo Crews somehow gets involved. Oh, my God. But uh, let, let's give a couple more good from, from my category here. 
as much as that was really weird with Natty getting like put through a table and being attacked by the Riot Squad, being taken out of the match the, the uh, with the Ronda Rousey tag match, the positive was Ember Moon. Get that woman more on television. Yeah, I want her great. to be. I want her in that Neville role from post WrestleMania 31. Just each week, you just want to see her match. She can face jobbers, uh, enhancement talent, whatever you want to call them. I just want her on my television. Ten years from now, she might be in my all-time finishers moves. That's oh, it's fantastic. She, it is, and you know what? It's not going to last because that woman is going to hurt herself. Well, Tamina also didn't know how to take it. Tamina looked oh, yeah. terrible in the match, and I like Tamina. You're going to the negative. I'm going with the positive here. T- just having Ember in that, mo- getting the rub with Ronda, getting the fan. The fans like her. You can see it right away. She's got a cool entrance. She's got a f- fancy little uh, finisher. She's got a cool name. Everything about her. She's got all the characteristics, and she looks good in the ring. And you know what else I like? Just a little thing. She sings her entrance song when she comes out. Oh, she does. Yeah, watch her. She melts her little tongue, like when, like the embers light the fire or whatever. She, she yeah, I think she's much. fantastic, and she needs more TV time. But Raw doesn't know how to book anything correctly, so this is probably the only time you're going to see her for a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and then my other big positive was Leo Rush talking again, back on the microphone, back, uh, you know, sh- talking about what are they calling Bobby Lashley now? Like the immaculate, oh, the Almighty, the Almighty, the Almighty Lashley. That's nothing. We're just changing people every freaking week. He, so he's Almighty. So what does change? He puts on sunglasses and he flexes his butt. Which is great. I love that. It was fantastic. Just punch up his writing a little bit more, make it a little more jokey than just turn around and shake your ass. Yeah. Fine. I loved him getting... Especially in the Me Too movement. Oh. Getting smacked with the guitar. But have Leo Rush be a little more physical at times. Because if you've ever seen this guy wrestle, he is a phenomenon. He is... Fan- he is I've said fantastic about it a million times. But he is a great great wrestler and it would be cool every once in a while to see him break out a move just be like oh this guy can do it all well think about when he first debuted he was like a face he was jumping over people doing those front flips oh he, he does, does he does especially if you go see him like i hate to always put it this way but you go watch him on some of the independents this guy was wrestling in matches it's the same thing it's like when you watch apollo cruz back in the independents as uha nation like fantastic wrestler someone is like must watch and a lot of these guys are like that then they get to like not just you know he does he did some cool stuff on 205 live when he was there i don't even know if you wrestle on 205 live anymore but um yeah. He's in his somebody. prime, like, Rey Mysterio-level move. Yeah, because he's so athletic and so small. He's kind of like one of our—I think you agree with me on this one— one of our favorite independent guys, like Cheeseburger. Yeah, oh, I love that. Cheeseburger guy. isn't as athletic, isn't as, uh, like, ju- like he's athletic, but he's not Leo Rush. But he's just now. a train wreck. He's kind of like an even smaller version of um, the— Drake Maverick? No. Well, that was great to see him in the ring. But the the, the, the b- biggest tag team in the world is in WWE. AOP? No, not in WWE. Uh, the Young Bucks. He's like oh, a, yeah. he's like a even smaller version of the Young Buck. Yeah. Where like you're shocked that they have that much athleticism by oh, looking at them. All right, so that that was the I guess good and a lot of bad mixed in there. So I already kind of touched touch upon some of my other stuff with bad Dolph Ziggler McIntyre rush story. The Dean Ambrose Seth. So I, I'm kind of in between on this one. I, I'm sure you're gonna the go. The Dean Ambrose promo would have been great right when it happened. I loved the look. I loved the way he came out. The promo actually was good. It didn't feel like he was fake acting. It felt like he was speaking from the heart. It's just too little, too late. I don't care about you. I just Mm. will never care about him again. He's he's in the Dolph Ziggler category. Oh, those two of my guys. Two of my guys right there. Pull on my heartstrings. He just is. He's the crazy guy who's never done anything remotely crazy. this. This was cool. This was awesome. He was bait. He should have kept the mask on the whole time. But that was a great visual. Should have been done such a long time ago. Though. Now, I know you you watched The Walking Dead at all? I haven't in like five years. Do you know the character Negan? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought Dean Ambrose should have been. 
Just this guy who's yeah. cool talking, smooth, wears leather jackets, talks real big, and beats the living crap out of people. Like, go back to when Dean Ambrose was getting his head stomped in on cement blocks by Seth Rollins. Like, that kind of stuff. Every, him doing it out. Like, every chance he's ever had to have one of those crazy moments. He never has it. Granted, the yeah. Brock Lesnar one wasn't really on him because he said Brock Lesnar wasn't into the match. That was but the he end of his so, run. The stupid thing with Poor Jericho. The oh, Ambrose the asylum. asylum. Yeah. That was a fucking embarrassment. That's one of the few things that that Jericho wasn't able to get over in his in like later career run. One of the he one has of been the very gold. few things. Yeah, he has been very gold with everything. Things. Yeah, and yeah, I, I like where Dean. I like Dean Ambrose as a heel more than I thought I would right now. This promo definitely helped it. But you're right; it needs to be a little more crazy, a little less goofy, a little less getting like shots in your butt because of all the poison. Is that it? was terrible. Like, you have he has a golden opportunity and the writers have a golden opportunity and they're tinking with it. Like you don't have to use Roman Reigns what's happened to Roman Reigns with his leukemia diagnosis as a reason. You could just use that as a heartfelt reason. Like when I saw my friend what he's going through and to think about what you did to us, Seth, you did this. Like that's all it has to be. Cause then it makes people still remember Seth Rollins originally broke up the shield, but yet we like Seth now, so he's kind of come back. They've come back together. Now, why are you doing this now? Like Anyone who the- sat down in a room could figure this stuff out, but they just, they're listening to Michael Hayes and Vince McMahon, and I guarantee you that's probably what's happening. And you know Vince McMahon goes, what's a cool what's a cool bad guy right now? And someone's like, oh, Bane. Bane. That was eight years ago. But still, it looked No, great. it did, but I'm just saying, like, it just doesn't correlate with, like, what's actually happening today. But nonetheless, uh, we, we, we talked a little bit about ba- Bailey and Sasha to start the show. It is bad getting worse. The only redeeming quality, and I guess this is something we could talk about, is there was no... They, they out of nowhere, they answer these questions, and... One of the questions is like, yeah, like what superpower would you want? And you're like, I, I don't know. Who cares what superpower do they want? Then, out of nowhere, B- they're like, well, what are your hopes for 2019? And Bayley's like to be women's tag team champion. Slow the phone down. There's no titles. It was what? it was a bad reveal. Everything about that segment was aw- awful. Why? And do- I loved Bailey. I own two Bailey t-shirts. And you should. Yeah. I, I hold up a hugger sign at WrestleMania 33. I'm super lame, guys. But you're in NXT, I thought she was fantastic oh, don't even you don't have to make it a reason in, in nxt she was fantastic in nxt she was the ideal character she was what at the time you had daniel bryan you're like oh look at this you have a female character that you can sell to young women that could like buy your toys that could actually buy in and she's not mean she's not rough she's literally like a, a, a 17 year old fist. yeah she's like a 17 year old girl living out her dream being a wrestler that is was ideal and what have they they brought her up to the roster and we have seen this and everybody one of my friends who's always like i don't see what you saw in this person i was like you didn't watch her when she was in nxt and never did still hasn't and he said this is the worst character in the history of wwe and i looked at it and i kind of have to agree since she's come up she has been booked terribly she's not really strong on the promos and sasha really isn't strong on the promos either and that's what they're giving them lately they're making them like these character actors yeah for the show and they're not the people who should be in the role. That's like a Bo Dallas type. That's like a Leo Rush type. Those aren't the people to be filling those spots. These are the workhorses of the division type of people. If you're going to have them go out and be mid-carders, have them go out and be mid-carders. But they need to be wrestling. Yeah. That's where you sell them as a story. That's a, that's exactly what I was going to say. You have up. Oh, the show is done. There's the buzzer. No, they, you have to 
put your wrestlers in positions for them to be victorious. I actually think Sasha is good on the on the mic, but it's what is she giving? She's okay. I, I actually think she's good. I think she grabs my attention most of the time. She makes me feel something when she speaks, but not recently because, like you just said, put your characters in positions to be you know Successful. In, in a good position. Now, I never really want to give my boss too much credit, who I have for where I work, but he once said to me one thing, like while making promos at the radio station, don't try to force things to be what you want them to be. Look at the things you have. So if I have like a cut of key for Dale saying something goofy, like use that and put it into something instead of trying to force something to be something that it's not. Yeah. And I feel like all WWE's do, is all they're doing is saying, oh, Sasha and Bailey, they're good in the ring. Let's put them in a Q&A segment two weeks in a row, no wrestling. Like, no, that is not what people are paying to see. Do maybe a little backstage vignette, put them in the ring. Backstage vignette, put them in the ring. You get character, you get what people came to see. I, I just think that that's you a big accentuate issue. the positives and you try to hide the negatives. It's what Paul Heyman did with his people in NXT. It's what good managers do throughout the world in any company. That's why I keep saying wrestling is not different than any other business, yeah. and they treat it like it is. These people are great wrestlers, and then the the other part of that is the story. You have plenty of people who are good on the mic. Alexa Bliss, fantastic on the mic. Yeah. In the ring, pretty good. But that's how you have to balance these things. You have to work with what you have and they're not doing it. they're trying to make these people promo superstars for a while now and it's just not going to happen they're not natural and it doesn't seem like they're giving them the help to get better they're just like go out and do it it looked like that thing was not even practiced once yeah. it was awful they're not putting their people in positions and there's plenty of bad things we could talk about i don't think we want to make these yeah, all raw rehabs and stuff but we will say that you know teasing some of the stuff that we will be giving some more content to come maybe multiple podcasts as we get more comfortable is we're going to start doing these kind of like character dives uh not deep dives. Qu- yeah deep dives we're going way in there um you, maybe a hot, uh, sausage on the hallway is that is that is that deep dive Are we going that deep that's just loose oh that's like if somebody's loose, you say it's like a hot dog down the hallway. But but it's deep too, right? That's like a hot hallway. dog into the Grand Canyon. Oh, oh, jeez. Well, we're getting deep. But, um, yeah, we're going to be doing, like, some different things uh, going into characters. Like, for example, one of the things, you know, me and Billy will talk about these, you know, and bring you the best content we can. And, and from more of a fan perspective than obviously behind the scenes because neither one of us have worked there. But uh, some of the, the Although I feel we, my opinion is just as valid and important. It always is valid. Opinions are always valid. But um, one of the things we're going to deep dive into is some of the characters such as, like, AJ Styles coming up on his third year in WWE. Kind of just looking at over his three years, the highlights, the lowlights, not many. And kind of see how like he's run. We just talked about Bailey a little bit. I think she'd be a real interesting character. To look I'd at her like, to NXT run to WWE run, and kind of just look at like where what they've done with her and where things could have been different. As well as uh, you know, soon you know it's still on the uh, cutting room floor. It's I think for your birthday, which is coming up about Ooh. two years ago. Happy early birthday, Blade? Not early. Early. It's yeah, like next a week, week from Friday. Who's counting? Oh, so we said we got one more. We'll do the Billy birthdays bonanza next week. Sounds good. Um, but um. We talked about doing this like YouTube series with like this what if wrestling, these taking scenarios. So that that's something we're working on. We're going to be coming up, so we'll be coming to you audio as well, visual, and probably adding these podcasts as well onto the YouTube channel. We'll give you all that information as soon as that is up. But now it is time to get into the main event of the podcast. Cue the sounder. Gotta work on this. Yeah, we gotta gotta I have some stuff, but we'll get there. Anyways, so uh, main event of the podcast. It's a double main event. Like every WWE pay-per-view now, the double main event, everything. It's not who goes on last. It actually goes on second. It doesn't make sense, yeah. but nonetheless. So, well, I mean, just if I can say something first, my stuff in. is like SmackDown because it'll be good. 
And I think we know what that means for your stuff. Myself will be NXT, even better. <laughs> um, so uh, for the double main event today, we're going to start with best wrestling finishers. Again, Mac from Mac and Goo did the Juicy Six-Pack, six which you should go listen to that as well. There's not a lot of wrestling content on there, neither with Dork. Listen to all these podcasts because those are supporters of our show. We support them back. Uh, they call themselves a little Triforce there with also the boxers. who would probably be helping me with a lot of these um, little uh, pieces of... Um, jingles and whatnot coming up but nonetheless um and for those of you listening at home i just rolled up my sleeves because this is going to be dirty oh boy uh so uh the main event uh first one best wrestling finishes we can just ping pack ping pong back and forth you can just destroy some of my uh opinions on these uh, but i'll let you start uh, okay. i will pass it to you so quick honorable mention and oh. i will explain my theory behind these right now so you know honorable mention goes to the swanton bomb because for me finishing maneuvers are like wrestling it's 70% sizzle, 30% of what the actual move is. I'm picking them based on you've paid money to come. What did you want to see? You want to see the big finishing moves. The reason this one's number six on the list of the six stones is because they haven't protected it over the years, but it's still what you went to go see is sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels. Tuning up the band. You had anticipation for it. You wanted to see it. It got you to stand up. As soon as you hear the... It's iconic. You got up. You're like, I got to see this. A lot of people have ripped it, ripped it off, and it, it yeah, kills me that it's diluted. not a finisher, but it still carries some importance. So I give it the six, and it's just a childhood memory because he's one of my favorite of all time, Shawn Michaels. So that's my sixth. Okay, that's your six. I did not put these in order. I already kind of reply this. I know you want to kill me for it. So I won't put them in order. I'll just kind of go over some of the ones I went with. One of them is the DDT. It was a move that just was dominating throughout the 80s. If you really think about the move too, this is the other one, like the danger of it. In the If somebody just drills you on your head, you're oh, yeah. hurt. You're done. You're out. Jake the Snake made it awesome. Mick Foley made it iconic, I think, for the 90s portion. And I like that Dean Ambrose uses it now. I like the idea of it. And you can hit it anytime. And you can hit it on anyone. Okay, so this is where I will say you made a tragedy akin to a thousand katie vicks oh, not because of the ddt with jake I had the snake sex with a lot of uh, dead people dead people this was a terrible thing to do you put dean ambrose in the breath of the greatest finishing moves of all time his finisher is terrible well, the fact that anyone has a ddt as a finish in this day and age is horrific the reason why it was great with jake the snake is because it was new and they protected it and people wanted to see it it was the same reason i picked sweet chin music is because people paid money to see jake drop the ddt and now it is not even as protected as sweet chin music everybody does a ddt everybody it is just a regular high spot during a match i i agree but i think now you don't see it anymore you don't see the ddt very rarely you see the ddt and i like the the fact that dean ambrose used it because i think dean ambrose and, and, and jake the snake actually there's a lot of similarities in those guys i know you don't like that but they are there they cut no, good, no no they no. cut seething promos well, no no, good no, no. Jake cut good promos Dean cuts bad promos. Uh, well, Dean, Terrible He promos. used to cut really good Awful. ones, and he still is did good. He, did I, he, though? Yes, he did. During did the he Shield, though? he made you want did to he hear even what he talk said. during the Shield? He was the main talker in the, was during he the really? Shield. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. And then Roman Reigns just came in and said, believe that. I didn't like him then. Still don't like him. Hope he feels better. Um, but um, the thing with... Uh, I put Dean Ambrose in there because it is a finishing move now, and it's one of the rare finishing moves that you don't see other people using. You don't see the DDT. Yes, for a long time you did. And there was a lot of good DDTs. Like, The Rock had a really cool DDT. The other thing, just quickly with Dean Ambrose, this is his third 
quote-unquote dirty deeds the original dirty deeds was like a weird hybrid of like, like a... the stunner where the person like flips over his shoulder then there was like a secondary one where it was like a underneath ddt reverse it was almost like a bulldog and then they, they've come up with the double arm ddt but go to your fifth one it's awful terrible 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 so my fifth one it's kind of mimicked a lot on this list but again it's something you wanted to see it was iconic it is the diamond cutter da- dallas page love the yoga diamond love the cutter that's if you do ddp yeah. yoga even the canyon cutter got over. Oh, Jesus. It is a great move. You knew the match was over for the most part, unless he was facing Goldberg. It is just one of those iconic wrestling moves. It is one of the few ones from WCW where I was like, okay, this is fucking cool. It's what got him over. And he didn't get big till late in his career, and I credit it a lot to the diamond cutter. Yeah. Yeah, the finishing move carried him. People wanted to do it. Andy had like the the self high oh, five bang, like oh, it was great. the package of DDP, and how like the diamond cutter was the name of his move was also the name of his kind of like symbol that he like put up. With it was his all hands. one package. It was a uh, fantastic. Yeah, I agree. So my next one would be the curb stomp from Seth Rollins, a move that looks devastating because it is, folks. And don't Google it. Don't Google curb stomp, uh, gang warfare, because you're going to see some really bad videos. Don't American put on, History X. Yeah, Mer- oh, American History A lot of teeth. Uh, don't put on Faces of Death curb stomp. Don't do any of that. I've just heard rumors. I've actually never been to that website. I don't like that um, stuff. No. That's one thing we can completely agree on. <laughs> yeah, we're, both, um, we're both bitches. Yeah, that, that doesn't make me a bitch. Babies. If I don't want to see people die, I'm sorry. Then you call me what you want. Uh, some then, of our friends would say that. They're sick people. We have a lot of sick friends. Messed up. But anyways, a curb stomp. One of the most iconic curb stomps you ever saw was the curb set that wasn't. Oh, Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Which he'll probably pop up on our list a little bit later on. Um, but I think the curb stomp is a devastating move. It looks cool. can be put on anybody. And can also has that kind of out of nowhere element to it that WWE as we last week on the podcast we found out they're kind of being a little hesitant on where to use it it looks like we're just going to be seeing that on pay-per-views which which i don't mind i like that protect finishing moves only break them out for big occasions we talked a little bit about this last week i'm fine with that i like it i'm not in love with it to me it's not at that point where it's in the mount rushmore we'll get to that later of the pantheon of great ones but it's it's a damn fine one it's a top six for you for me and people are going to hate on this but again i'm going back to this it is what you wanted to see and it's the fact that this got over this move that was a joke got over as a finisher it is the goddamn people's elbow it is one of the most mimicked things in pop culture like with your friends they they did it in like a a canadian football league somebody took off his elbow pad bounced off his nfl guys have done it it is iconic it, it, no, it, it, without a doubt, is iconic. The worst finisher, maybe, of all time. But it got over. I, I, 100%. The Rock was over. The Rock could have literally farted. That's what I mean. And, and it would have been a finisher. So you'll see my list is filled with some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah. And oh. it it's it's about the move. Like, the Hulk Hogan leg, nobody really cared. It is the... No, people cared. Are you kidding me? Hulk Hogan leg drop? That was... that was just, This is the same path to me. This is the same exact thing. It didn't have the buildup. It didn't have the same, like, magic mm-hmm. when he... The, well, the, the, the right, right, like, I know people? you're saying there was more build with the rock because of his like dance and his little throw on the elbow pad. There was anticipation. It was get, rising out of your chair. I get that. It was there was something magic to it. There were people. It was the most electrifying move in sports entertainment. Pop quiz: best people's elbow of all time. It's the one where he slides with the shoes. I forget who it's on. Uh, the British Bulldog. Yeah, it's incredible. It's when he's wearing the uh, stripes. The yeah. Oh. It just slides right in. That is incredible. Check that one out on YouTube. Worst move ever, by the way. Uh, next one I will pull up here is the Walls of Jericho. I explained this one on, my, on the oh, thing on Twitter. No, it is maybe the, the most submission. devastating submission hold there is. Not only if you do, not the not the Boston Crab version, the actual Walls of Jericho when he 
puts you in the Boston Crab. It has your the knee and the lower back. This is devastating pain. This is like you're tapping out so fast. It looked cool. Jericho with the long hair, the ambiance of the move. It was it's awesome. It's not bad, but it's not even his best finishing move. It's not even Jericho's the, the, the codebreaker. Code, no, the codebreaker no. is a good move. It is a good move. It's just not it's better than a submission hold. He, I put that in the category of a great move that could be applied on anybody and can be brought out of any time. I like the idea of when Chris Jericho was, I think, at his finest early WWE, late WCW, when he had that walls of Jericho cinched in on people. It just made me cringe. It made me go, "Oh, that's gonna hurt. Oh, that's gonna hurt." And that I think is great. And I think we don't give enough credit to uh, submission holds in this list. This is a kind of moment where I go, this guy is uh, green, because I do not agree with your opinion. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say I'm right and you're wrong here. Okay. <laughs> fair. All right. What do you got next? It's not fair. But nothing's I, fair. I hate this guy. No. Oh. Uh, I don't think he should wrestle anymore. But there is no denying his finishing move, the F5, is one of the greats of all time. It is a spectacle. People love it. It, it killed the undefeated streak. Oh. It has power behind it. It's a great move. I don't think I've really seen too many people like he does it on the big show. He can do it on anyone. Yeah, it did. is a it is a feat of strength. It is very impressive. Yeah, you've seen him pull it up on just about everybody. Mark Henry wants outside of the ring. I don't know how Mark Henry's still alive to this day. Um, and it's a move that they protected really well after WrestleMania 33 when he beat Goldberg until the whatever happened at WrestleMania 34. We defeated. Uh, Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns kicked out like seventeen of them. He's performed now. He has to do like six on everybody. Underrated ones was was he doing them to Zach Gowan into the post? Yes, with when Zach Gowan only had well, he so only has one, one leg, and he broke that one leg. Yeah, it was ridiculous with his mother at ringside. Uh, terrible. Uh, the next one for me, I'm gonna put in the Red Arrow. I think on my list I had the the Moon Salt. I still think that's a great finisher. But the Red Arrow from Neville was as close to a stand up moment in recent WWE finisher moment like moves. Super impressive. Yeah. You see, as soon as you see him get up he starts to get that bounce you're rising up it is a corkscrew into a front flip it is an amazing amazing thing to see i, I i'm proud to see you know Pac back on the independence i miss him on my wwe tv i miss that move i think he was completely underutilized i think that move was underutilized it is a move that i hope that somebody else tons of guys on 205 live have the ability to do it i'd like to see somebody else on the main roster because it's we need something like that on your main roster during your Raws and SmackDown. So we only got to see the tail end of his NXT run because he kind of came up right at the end. But go back, if you can, and watch his feud with Bo Dallas. It is some of the best work by both of these guys they'll ever do. Bo Dallas was a chicken shit heel and did it so well. Him and Neville cut promos back and forth about their looks and features. It was great stuff. Yeah, that and, was the uh, first the Red ever... Arrow is a great finishing move. I'll give you credit on that. I don't think it belongs there because it's just... He didn't get it. Whatever. This is my list. It's my list. All right. So I've crapped on every one of my lists. No, negative. I'm, I'm going to But you've literally said so far none of these should be on. None well, of them. That's why we're doing this because I thought your list was terrible. <laughs> All right. Continue. What's your next for you? Uh, so I'll just give you my next two because we're going to have – I think I think we have both of these if not one of them. The RKO, RKO out of nowhere, RKOing the internet. His RKO on Hulk Hogan onto the car is my favorite of all time. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, he sells it like he's dead. It is, it, it, it's one of them – it's probably the most over move of all time. 
It really might this be. This or like, the stunner. This, and the, the stunner is my final one, but yeah. it, that's like putting Wayne Gretzky on a list about hockey. Yeah, or it like Smells Like Teen the, Spirit is yeah. the best grunge uh, 90 songs. Uh, I, I will give you this about the RKO. He pulls it off in incredible feats. Once every like 18 months, you're going to get an awesome oh, yeah. one. You I just recently had one. It. You just recently got an awesome one. I don't know if you saw this. Ray Mysterio and him had this oh, little fight. Oh, on and the Ray outside? Went to slide, slide out of the ring, oh, and he beautiful. nailed it. I, I, I burst it out of my chair. I did, and I'm not a huge Ray Mysterio guy. He is an artist in his canvas RKO. <laughs> exactly. So I'll, I'll give you my uh, last few. Or is that his paintbrush? And the, the, the... It doesn't matter. You, you win. Uh, <laughs> the I, I threw in there um, also that I had this and the Tombstone Power Driver. It is devastating. No one should have ever kicked out of it because you're not kicking out of that. Someone drops you on your head. Your oh, neck absolutely. is toast. Uh, 1997 SummerSlam, Stone Cold. My bad. Uh, but they took advantage of that one. No one hired. But we'll, that's a story. For that was a, time. that was a wrong way pile driver too. It was yeah. the whole thing about that was just bad. Yes, but, I've wiped the Undertaker from my wrestling memory because of recent stuff. It didn't uh, even cross my mind. It is a great. But finishing it's, the move. finishing move is devastating. It's awesome and it looks and good. the pin. Yes, the pin. whole package. Again, it, that's one of those things. They sold the whole entirety of the move. It had, you know, that's, they say they make movies. This is, you know, a great ending scene in a movie. Pile drive a guy, pin him, hands over the thing. It, it works great and with this character. And then the lights go out after. It is great. Uh, all right, let's jump into our, so any other finishing moves or anything else you want to mention there? Uh, no, but we can bring up one of the most inappropriate jokes one of our friends has ever made when I was asking everybody, oh, what's this guy's finishing move? What's this guy's finishing move? And we asked what Owen Hart's was to my friend uh, Anthony. Yeah, what do you say? A swan dive off the Titan Tron. That was not. I'm gonna. Um, that was a badly timed joke, but. Yeah. I'm gonna leave that one there. Yeah. I have more class than that. Yeah. I'm a better person. I'm just saying it, it happened. Not from you. This is not yours. Uh, okay, that wasn't me. So uh, now let's get into Mount Rushmore of W or wrestling of wrestling. The Mount Rushmore. So this is something. Let's. Here's. I'm gonna give you what I kind of my thought process was. It's name value. What impact they had on the on on, on wrestling. Draw ability and just like, yeah, legacy. When you step back and you look and you really think, not just the biggest names, not just the, the most catchiest phrases, who are the people when you look back and be like, they impacted this so much. And we're going to do this for men and for women. The women will probably be more of a debate. Maybe we can come up with a cohesive one. Um, earlier today, you texted me like, how about you do one? I do the other. I was like, hell no, I am way too opinionated for that. Um, but um, so go ahead. Okay, so mine... It's pretty obvious. It's pretty standard. I use some of the same guidelines, and I think when we do these things, we maybe shouldn't define it beforehand because I think that that was just my my, my yeah, that's what worked out well the last time we did this. We both had a different opinion on how to do it. So mine, I'll give you the four right in a row: Cena, Austin, Rock, Hogan. To me, those are the people who were the faces of the company that changed the business. That were kind of the flag bearers, bearers, whatever, the bearers, and passed the torch along. And Cena's kind of still got it. Yep. So those would be my guys. They they all revolutionized the business. Hogan did it twice in two different companies. And then pretty much there was nobody really huge. Bret Hart was great yeah, in Bret that Hart era. Bret Hart and Michaels like, is kind of like co-guys. Like Bret for a little bit. Bret was like the first one to take it. But you also had Yokozuna in there as like a really big heel to like take like there was no the match we wish we got, we didn't get with a Bret Hogan. I think this conversation would be different if we got that. Yeah. So I guess mine would be pretty much they're the household names of wrestling over the last 40-odd years. Yeah. See, Every, like everybody, because even Ric Flair, and he might be on your list, but you asked one of our close friends, Lauren, what does Ric Flair do? And she did, Ric Flair, and put yeah, up jazz so she, pants. Yeah, she was like Coach Steve, <laughs> if you watch Big Mouth. when Just the way he managed, she's like, oh, Ric Flair, he does Ric Flair. And I was like, that, 
No, but uh, she he makes thick in the warm all the time. So, um, yeah, Ric Flair is a little different. I think there's different age groups. So to mine, I'm going to give you to you, and then we'll go through some people on Twitter that responded to us. Mine, I went with Vince McMahon for obvious reasons. Hulk Hogan for exactly what you said. He revolutionized the business for two different companies. He was the main guy for them. And not only was for two different companies, he did this over 10 years apart. And one of the best heels of all time. And, and one best of the best baby yes. faces. The, maybe the best baby face to this day. Because there's nobody will ever care as much about one person like you would cry if they lost. I cried when someone lost before. I will bring that up another time. But that was like no one there was people bawling their eyes out when he lost the title to the undertaker there were so many videos when he was like uh just so many things happened to him when he was attacked when by andre the giant people oh, were crying he is one of the most iconic moments in history of wrestling wrestlemania 3 which put this whole thing on the map it was all through hulk hogan and including vince mcmahon by the now, way though to the person on twitter who put the ultimate warrior on this fuck you all right we'll get to them <laughs> we'll get to them but that's good let's let's hurt the fans um and then stone cold steve austin i put him on there because he was the he was the biggest name and the biggest draw during the biggest time in wrestling history. You had two companies going head to head. You know, don't forget on the other side you did have Hulk Hogan. Yes, you had a Goldberg, but he was never that big. He, he was is, never, he's the ultimate guy. Yeah, he is. And, and and the thing with Stone Cold was he sold merchandise. Everybody, you walk up and down the street right now. If you said, "Give me a hell yeah," someone's screaming. Hell yeah. And it's because he was big. The what I hate it, but he got it over. It is still to this day in wrestling. You hear what what I hate it. But Maybe that stop him. watching wrestling. And at it that should. Point in time. And back to Dan Bryan crushing and knocking him down. Um, I just think Stone Cold is a guy, the stunner, everything about him. He was a badass. There's so many moments. You think of Stone Cold, you could have an hour long conversation just off of your best memories with Stone Cold. And guess what? One of the biggest things, it's not his in ring talent. He was a good wrestler. He was great. I'm not saying he wasn't, but you never think of him in that way. Like you think of all the other guys, you never go, oh, Stone Cold had that greatest match of all time because of this if anything you remember matches because of people kicking out of moves or the way people like uh you know and took the stunner he was the package he was the guy he was the reason he was you the reason in. you watched wrestling exactly and you can go and see athletic competitions anywhere the wrestling's kind of secondary yeah. almost you want to be interested first and then that's the payoff he was the large in life character that everybody loved in the 90s he was like a top character think of any tv show any movie when it comes to the 90s he is there think of the 80s hulk hogan is there think of mr nanny hulk hogan um and my last one this one's a little different i didn't you know it took me a little bit of time because i was toying around with john cena but i don't think john cena's ever gotten to that next level i don't know if his legacy is going to be here i go with dusty Rhodes. oh the american dream baby (laughs) one of the greatest baby faces in the history of wrestling you know, everyone talks about the Four Horsemen, the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen wouldn't matter if it wasn't for a babyface like Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was the guy. He cut one of the best promos of all Five time. Times, he reached his hand out. He wanted you reaching back to him. He made people feel something, especially in those you know mid to late 80s when people when there was kayfabe, when it was real to people. When you you watch this guy, he didn't look good. He had a, His belly was a little too big. His butt was a little too big. Loved it. He was an amazing guy. I'm actually getting a little bit of chills thinking about it because he made you feel something. And I wasn't even alive for some of this. Watching it back was like, oh, that guy's awesome i wish i grew up and watched him oh me too i always wanted to be a child of the 80s and i didn't even think of it for this reason but it was dusty Rhodes because anytime you see him or hear people talk about him he's spoken of so fondly so many people have so many great memories of him you watch his old promos they are 
fantastic. And he's it's it's why Daniel Bryan's going to be so good as this heel. It's because it's just his personality turned up. Yes. Which they always say is the way to do it. Absolutely. And, and Dusty Rhodes believed in who he was. There's those great stories if you listen to the Bruce Pritchard podcast, which if you're even listening to this, of course you listen to the Bruce Pritchard podcast, where he talks about when he was pulled over and he's like, I'm the second most famous oh, yeah. man alive. To, uh, Muhammad Ali. He was egotistical. He was everything you wanted. And he was just, seemed like he's such a ball of energy. And here's another thing. Here's the two reasons why I think he's on this. His legacy is he has two children that are in the company. One is Goldust, who is one of the most ridiculous. Re- exactly. But like one of those ridiculous characters, but got over because of him. There's, you know, and he was, you know, just Dustin Rhodes before that. Cody Rhodes. It's like, okay, here's just Cody Rhodes. Guy was the most undefined human being. If he ever like comes back, years. he'll be one of the most over things in the But he, in, in wrestling, he's one of the most over things today. He's starting his own company. That's all due to his father. And more important than he all that. He started a few of his own companies, I believe. At least one. Yes. And But on, on top of all that, why I think he is on there is we all love NXT. We all think NXT is the greatest. He was the first person signed when they decided to make NXT a stop being a crappy reality show, and they made it a, a company for wrestling. He was down there. You listen to all these, the Baileys, the Bo Dallas's, the Nevilles, the Sami Zayn's, all of them. The, he was with them working on character oh, yeah. every single day. He was at that performance center. So he is the reason why we have these, well, right now they're not being used necessarily properly, but these characters, especially listen to those women, listen to Sasha, listen to Charlotte. He was Bailey. with them working every single day to hone their craft before they got even in front of and a camera. And you can go back and you can watch a few of those NXT specials where you'll hear him talking and you'll hear people talk about him and all the work he did down there. He is, I mean, you'll never change my opinion because I think you're always wrong, but it, that, 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 that's close right there. I it love great. Dust, I love Dusty Rhodes. Dusty I absolutely Rhodes love is, him wildly underrated for everything his in-ring ability you should, there's a cage match where he took blood against the four horsemen there was just so much to his legacy and i think he's a completely underrated guy but like i say i took this from a million point view and just looking back and saying okay like who is on this like who should who is very important okay to and to wrestling okay i haven't looked at your female list i'm not going i just out. threw names i didn't this isn't final i just threw names on there oh, I, i'm toying with okay. so this i think we should do together because this one unless you already have your four i have definite thoughts all right you go first Okay, for me... I'll tell you if mine, they're on mine. So, Miss Elizabeth, close to making it. I just feel like she's not... If we're going to do women in wrestling, sure, I did more of the women wrestlers. And this one, for me, towed the line, too. But I know all of the work she did. I saw her wrestle quite a few times. She was my first real crush. I'm going to say it. It's going to sound weird. It's going to say Sensational Sherry. I just... I loved her. I thought, for some reason, I was attracted to her as a small child. I was like, oh, I like her. As a little kid... Everything that she did with Shawn Michaels to Ted DiBiase, she was one of the best female talkers back in the day, and women never really got any mic time, and she was great. She was, like, you heard on the Bruce Pritchard podcast, all the guys respected her because she could go out there and she could work, and she was always entertaining, and even if I had stopped watching wrestling when I was... I don't know, 10, I would remember her to this day. So you got her head. She's Her bus is up on that mount. Absolutely. Uh, the next up, China. Uh, I think she did a ton for women's wrestling. She you know, was an intercontinental champion, entered the Royal Rumble. Beth Phoenix was close to making my list, but I don't think she made as much as an impact as China did. You can say all the things you want about China's post-wrestling oh, whatever. Career, even care. what they did during it with the Triple H stuff. Just so you know, never seen it. Oh, neither have I. Okay. That's just as scary to me what people say. I saw her Playboy, though. Yeah, Playboy's different. Playboy, they clean Playboy. everything up. Yeah. But uh, people say there's some scary stuff in there. Maybe I'd actually be intimidated for what I'm working with downstairs. But, uh, yeah, I've heard some really bad stories about Well, all I is. know is that she's not in the Hall of Fame, but X-Pac is. And the reason she's not in is because she did a porn and it was with him. So 
Put her in the Hall of Fame. She's well, de- she's well deserving of it. Uh, posthumously, whatever you got to do, I mean, it has to be anyways. But I think she's 100% deserving. Go back and watch her feud with Chris Jericho. Go back and watch her feud with Jeff Jarrett. It was good, entertaining stuff. She could work. I mean, she there was no difference between her and a lot of the men in the ring. No, I agree. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be on mine. Spoiler. Okay. So then this is kind of the Rock Austin scenario. These yep. both in the same era. Trish and Lita, for me, Trish was my like huge crush. She was one of the hottest things. Like every kid our age just thought she was incredible. But then she became a great wrestler. And when she came in, she couldn't wrestle at all. Nope. And she wound up she going was a down as model. Yeah, she wound up going down as one of probably the best women in ring performers of all time. Is she the all time leader? No, did Charlotte pass her in women's championships? Well, Charlotte already has six, so I don't even know. Seven, That's maybe. And not just six. I remember because they said it on, on Tuesday. But yeah, she's going to have seven probably next week. But uh, they made event at a Raw, her and Lita. Lita, one. Lita was incredible when I saw her come out with SA. I remember watching her for the first time with SA Reese. Oh my God. Exactly. I can remember it. And that's where how I Trish was. started too. It's on the heat. I, this woman came out, did a freaking moonsault in the middle of the match. Thong hanging out. Oh, fantastic. Not a cooler looking style. No, I. Those well, and, are the kind of girls I went for back in the day, mainly because of her. Yes. And then her stuff with the Hardys was great. Her stuff with Edge was unbelievable, and she was always a good female in ring performer. Yeah, that's right. So, so you both of those two are on there for you. Yep. So, so just to recap, you go uh, Sensational Sherry. Yep. China, and then uh, Trish and Lita. Okay, for me, it's been really hard, and this one's really tough. So I'm gonna just put some that I didn't put on. I actually put Trish or Lita on mine. Uh, it was really tough. Well, you just said it. I think Trish make. This really is. This is because. This is what it's like when you don't overthink uh, these things, but now you're overthinking it. Trish went from the fitness model, brawn panties, great table segments with the Dudleys, oh. complete sex symbol, to an A-ring performer you bought into, a great baby face, then became an amazing heel. And then she also had a great feud with Mickey James of WrestleMania Probably 22. Probably one of the best women's feuds of all time. Yeah, because it was, it was so different. It's something you'll never see again with kind of like a lesbian side to it, an attraction, an obsession. I think she a... snuck a grab during the match. Too. Oh, she did. She did that, <laughs> that little V with the, with the old tongue in there. I don't know what that stands for. I'll have to ask my wife later. Um, so she was amazing. What you said about Lita, I think gives her an edge over Trish just a little bit. No, her... no, no, no. She was under. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah. Well, actually, she yeah, she was under, and we saw her nipple live on television. Yeah. Um, the live sex celebration. Yeah, it was. Awesome. It was awesome. But that's what gives Lita that different edge, pun intended now, um, is because she was a crazy heel. She was with a gr- she was in a great package there with Edge because yeah. he was such a I don't know, I haven't <laughs> heard of that, but I've heard a lot of things about him. But she was in such a great storyline, the whole Matt Hardy thing coming to real life, like she like took that on. She was in that all world famous if you go on YouTube, that bite this segment where Matt Hardy called in live and like called her out. Um, but she, like you said, she started with S.A. Rios. She was in a feud with, like, they sexualized her in a brown pan or an evening gown match with China. Uh, she got in the ring with some of the best. She was an incredible wrestler. She broke her neck, or should I say it this way? She broke her freaking neck on Raw in that main event against Trish Stratus, finished the match, wins the title, just has done so many incredible things. She doesn't have the standout wrestling moments to me, like the one with her breaking her neck. I don't remember her at any WrestleMania, aside from 17, when she ripped her shirt off and then took the gore from uh, from Rhino yeah. in that TLC match. Um, so that's what holds me back from her a little bit. She never was that, like, complete underdog that, like, you wanted to see her win that title because I feel like she either had it or she was in, like, you know, then she got into these other feuds. So that's why those two are honorable mention. Another one, Alundra Blaze, Dash Medusa, kind of, 
brought back women's wrestling in the 90s, oh, especially Bullet for Khan. WWE. With her? Yes. The, just I actually, thing. those were the only women's matches that were available when we were kids, it's besides, all... like, the Jumping Bomb Angels when I was, like, five. Yeah. And the thing about Alondra Blaze, she was great in WWE. When she went over to WCW, revolutionized, stumping the title. really good, by the way. Oh, she had one <laughs> of the best Hall of Fame speeches we've seen. My wife to this day will always say, oh, yeah, that's her, right? That's, like, I don't know if she remember her names. But um, she did an incredible job with that. When she went to WCW, I think she would have made my list if she was more Hogan than she will instead of being more Bret Hart in WCW. The only her thing, and Sensational Sherry actually had a good feud in WCW. But the only thing you think about when it comes to that is her job with the title. I don't even remember her after that personally. Like, and I watched. She didn't stand out to me. Um, and they not, only they had the, they had women's wrestling like women's wrestling was in the nineties for WWE. It was maybe one match with basically just two of the people. So a couple other. Um, Charlotte Flair, I'm putting her on the honorable mentions Ooh, list because she's right there. She's she's revolutionized wrestling. She's made people buy back in. She her it, it is a lot to do with her name, but her credibility in the ring, her style, the way she can play a heel or a face. I'm a big fan of hers. Sunny is another one because Sunny made people watch. She made, made you want to see. She really made did. them do other things too. I'm sure that's true, especially tickle me Elmo. But um, <laughs> oh, she, wow, she, the shotgun set. Yeah, yeah, she I made you watch that. every product she was on. She was much CTV. She uh, managed most downloaded just, image on AOL in yeah, whatever her, year. Her for, and Cindy Margolis yeah. were like the only two in the late '90s there. Um, another one I'll just add is the fabulous Mula. Everyone like craps all over the fabulous Mula because like, oh, did you hear what she did to those people? She didn't pay them. She like hoard them out. Welcome to being a worker in 2018. So should I be like hating? She might have actually, like, hoard them out. I, that, that's a rumor, and I'm not going to confirm that, but I just think that was way overblown in general. Like, a lot of these people have done bad things. We have a warrior award. The worst thing about the Mae no. Young trophy was that it looked Mae like Young a woman. Young. Or, no, 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 the... Um, the moolah? The moolah. It looked like a vagina. Sure, and Naomi won it. Nobody's talked about it since. Um, but Or me, or Naomi. Well, but she has a cool theme. Um, but, yeah, the thing about... Um, I lost my train of thought. Was, oh, is... The Warrior Award, we have that. This guy went on like podcasts and radio shows saying that he doesn't like gay people. He d- he d- thinks they should all be sent out, and I think it was something about Mexicans. But yet, we have a Warrior Award for like these great people who do all stuff. Like, so contradictory. It's a bunch of BS. But let's get to my actual putting the bus, uh, putting them right up there on that Mount Rushmore. First off, Stephanie McMahon. Oh, God, no. The reason is, liker or hater, she's been a continuous part of the WWE product for over 20 years. She always makes her storylines matter. Even if they suck, and which they have more she is than great on the mic. I will put her in the top promo artists among all of the talent right now. She always goes out and delivers. She she is old, like old school Vince in the '90s, not to the degree like every every promo. But like remember when Vince went off of being like the Mister McMahon character and he'd make those continuous appearances. When you see him, you felt like something a little bigger was going on. When you see Stephanie now, you feel like something bigger is going on. Go she way just back. Doesn't have the cool factor. But she did for a while. She was she was gave herself to the company where Chris Jericho would make fun of her. She got. Breast oh, implants, at, at, and they then, they, they brought it up. Yeah. Stone Cold was stunning her. She has given her body, her life, everything to that company. I give her a lot of credit. I think she's one of the pillars when it comes to everything that's going on with women's wrestling now. I know Triple H as well, but that's them as a package yeah. there. I give her a lot of credit. I put her up there. Sable's my next one. Sable is someone that, like Trish Stratus, I kind of battled between the two. A sex symbol, good in the ring, made okay, you want to watch. Really. 
but she was fine. Yeah, for, she learned, at the time, she, much like Trish Stratus, she learned how to wrestle. She was wrestling didn't men. Didn't become she was, as good. No, yeah. yes, she also didn't have longevity with it. She did came, power bomb their shit out of Mark Mara, though. her husband at the time, and uh, and she also then came back and was part of another storyline with like you know bring Playboy back into the WWE fold. There was a lot of stuff she did. I part of she, Suplex City now. Yeah, she is. I heard she on the regular, um, and I just think she's another one of those people that like made people recognize women's wrestling again. It died out for a few years. Sable was a reason people paid attention again, and lastly for legacy purposes may young no oh, one. not even for legacy purposes because she's awesome but i put it because not only are they doing this may young classic but you look back barbara ray dudley put this i think she was 70 something years old with a neck brace on through a table mula took some bumps there in the time but may young put her body out there all the time the she she stripped down all the time oh, yeah. she gave birth she to her a tits she well fake ones but even she, still she gave birth to a hand she was the consummate wrestling professional i never worked there obviously but like she there was nothing below the best her. Behind the store scene story is the Bob Holly one with her, where Bob Holly's like, I lay everything in, and she's just like, Do it, pussy. Yeah. And she was probably 85 at the time, and she, Bob Holly knocked the shit out of her, and she was cool. And that she, is a cool, uh, that that is crazy to think. And everybody will say that she would be like, You know, you could, you'd be shocked that she could even move around, and then she'd go out in the ring and sell like a star. She was everything you wanted in a female wrestler. She did it all as a character. There's still the story, and now Eric Bischoff's confirmed it. He said he couldn't tell for sure, but that she, like, when he was, she was about put to give a Bronco buzzer. Yeah. yeah, she put fish in her tights near her, you know, her vaginal area. That is amazing. That is someone that you want, because that's what wrestling is, they say. It's a big jokester. She never took it too seriously. Nothing below her, so she's on there. So I go, Stephanie, Sable, China, May Young. Those are my uh, picks. So let's quickly go to our Twitter. Um, people, oh, so the peop- some of you people. All right, first I, of all, we'll I didn't have with- time to comment, but trust me, I'll be commenting <laughs> on these from now on, and I'm going to be asking why for so a lot of you. Let's go from the top down. We had uh, Billy Mann go, Warrior here. He took down number, the former number one. Uh, Warrior Hogan Rock Undertaker. Pretty much fine besides the Ultimate Warrior. Go back and watch him. He was terrible on all levels. The only reason you liked him is because you were a kid. I was smart enough to know this guy sucked. I was Hogan all the way. Anybody who liked Warrior just had too much sugar and liked to run. Uh, The next one we have Rob uh, Paradise. He went with Stone Cold Undertaker Triple H. He says long hair, but buddy, you're up there. Oh, he wants to bust that long hair. The long hair. Uh, And then Shawn Michaels. And they wish I could just put DX. We had room for The Rock. Well, you can't do that. These are more of a a wrestler's wrestler. Like if it was a wrestling one for people who, you know. This is just an attitude era guy. I guess. And then he had Trish Stratus, Lita, China, and he goes, can't remember the fourth. You can't remember. Can't remember a fourth, like another woman's wrestle period? Uh, (laughs) Then we had Tim Sullivan with Hogan, Von Erichs, Bruno, Andre. Von Erichs, all of them? What is Chris Berman? Chris Berman has six top players on number four? We'll put Texas Tornado up there for you. But Hogan, Tornado, Bruno, Andre. Andre is a tough one for me. I was toying with that one, too. He, I would give him a spot. I mean, I could pump off maybe John Cena on mine, and that would be I'd be okay just, with that. He is iconic. He is yes. the eighth wonder of the world. He was in movies. He was he was as big as any of those guys ever. Absolutely. So then we had uh, Brad Ma- Maxfield, uh, Macho Maxfield. Man, Hogan, Ric Flair, Undertaker. Let's go solid, list, solid list. I'm not gonna hate that. And then uh, Mr. Moore in '84 with Miss Elizabeth, China, Sable, Sherry Martell. I can respect that. Yeah, that's a good it's list. Just, Okay, fit that favorite that one. Miss Elizabeth, though, if you go back and watch her, what did she really do? I mean, I loved her. I always yeah. got her on the ice cream pop. She was a beauty, and she wants to. She was the first person to take off her bottoms and show her bikini. She was, was. She was wearing shorts, though. Yeah, it, but it was still. It, it was the eighties, man. She was um, beautiful. 
Then he actually had his women, his men's with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, just WWF version, Hogan 85 to 92, and Hollywood version. So what are we, just skipping a few years? The crappy when he's facing the Dungeon of Doom, that didn't count. And Ric Flair any day, all day, Woo! especially when he had that heart attack. I mean, Ric Flair, another one that you could argue should 100% be on this list. I don't think, as we said about the, the Lauren Guest scenario, one of our friends Ric Flair. Who, who didn't know who fucking Ric Flair was or what the boo was, but at, he is an icon throughout you know, music, TV. He's copied in almost every walk of life. Uh, Mark C. went well. It's actually just Mark with a C. Um, American Badass, Undertaker, Hollywood Hogan, HBK, and Jericho. Jericho's another one. I think we have a list of, I think, all-time best wrestlers. He's going to be on there for me. He's the complete but, package. But I don't know if he's quite at the point. I think he has a little bit to these do why These things are tough, and I'm glad we got this one out of the way early because it, it's it, it could grow. I could see, you know, five years from now I'd put, you know, Becky Lynch on this thing. Yeah, and for women, Lita, Sasha, Trish, Sable. Oh, Sasha disagree. Banks, get the hell out of here. Oh, I, I and I love Sasha Banks, but oof. All right, Dork Podcast went with Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker. Undertaker. Well, I, I guess I could see it because he's longevity wise, he's in there. He's like the Craig Biggio for uh, the. Band. Yeah, he should get like removed because removed. Yeah, his latest run, it's a money grab. It's ugly. He's done. He's literally the dead well, man. He's retired now. like five times. I, I I can't stand this guy anymore. He was my favorite. And he was for women. Favorite. It was China, Lita, Miss Elizabeth, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Yeah, you can't put Becky, Becky Lynch. Yet. Are you shitting me? <laughs> And Morons. the last one, we have Mac from Mac and Goo, uh, who kind of started our uh, finishes. Stone Cold, Rock, Undertaker, Sting. First time we've seen Sting. I think there's more of an argument for Sting than a lot of the guys we talked about, even in Andre. Better than had, Becky Lynch in the freaking well, women's division. Sting is great. He had multiple characters. He got over in different ways. He was a complete babyface and had one of the most intriguing storylines in the history. That was botched. So this is a good story. It's not like the Owen Hart one, who I loved. It was, that was just a moment in time that yeah, I remembered. But one of the greatest stories of all time among any of our friends was... Our friend Little Mike, who was a oh semi-professional wrestler. I don't know. Is he still doing it? I guess if you wrestle anywhere, you're a professional wrestler. But he loved Sting. And one year, he spent his mother's credit card on, I think, 110 Sting photos off of eBay. And they had no money for Christmas, so they canceled <laughs> Christmas. And his, and his parents wouldn't let him keep the pictures. They hung them up around his around their room until they sold them all. That is amazing. So he would go over. And the I dangers would always, of the internet about 20 years ago. I would always look in their room and I would see Dude, just sting 100 pictures. sting pictures. Kids are sicko. All right, that kid is a mess. But that is a true story. Christmas was ruined, kids, because... <laughs> sting was, ruined Christmas. Seriously. By the way, I've been to the three. Um, that's just a, this is an innuendo. Let's see if anybody finds out what that yeah. means. Um, to tease. And then lastly, so Mac went with Sable, China, Tristratus, Lita. Fine, fine. The women, it's very hard. That's why I want to throw it in there. It's a little more conversational. But, um, yeah, so we, we kind of we, we nailed this one. I think this is the best one yet. Longer yet. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll sum these up a little bit more as we get on. But that's that's the whole flow of it. So, uh, any oh, we want to go parting thoughts. Uh, match you think people should watch if they have the network or just want to Google it. What match you got? You go first. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Dynamite Kid, Tiger Mask, 1983. The very first ever Dave Meltzer. Like him, hate him, don't care. He is the Adam Schefter of that uh, of wrestling, I dig him. Uh, it was the very first ever five star match. Dynamite Kid passed away earlier today on his 60th birthday. So go check that out. There's part one, part two, part three on YouTube, which I watched earlier. And there's like some crazy, like, active rock song to it because nobody can find it on the <laughs> internet. It's not on the WWE network. There's plenty of stuff with the Bulldogs, but I will ask you to search it out. I will definitely check that one out. Dynamite Kid, Tiger uh, Mask, 1983, most important because there's one from 1982. 
So mine, it's my favorite match of all time. Whoa! I think it is oh. probably one of the best wrestling matches of all time. Really? Uh, we're a few months past Halloween, but it is Halloween Havoc 97. Best Eddie Guerrero. pay-per-view gimmick. Oh, that's like the best one. And when you listen to the Bischoff podcast, they say they kind of booked this like their WrestleMania. This was one of their bigger field ones. I think it was what was the Starcade was like the one that like there was before his time. So he said when he came in and he got in his like claws into it, he thought Halloween because that is a time when like you think of wrestling, you think of masks, people dressing up like them. He wanted to make this a bigger event. I don't know when Hell in a Cell is or if they do it every year now but get rid of that make it around Halloween and make yeah, stop. this the pay-per-view we, Halloween Havoc but it's Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio Ooh. this match has Nuts. high spots galore Nuts. great actual physical wrestling between the two of them and I'll say this Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio over a course of a few different wrestling federations one of the most underrated feuds in the history of wrestling they always had good matches. They always had good chemistry. They fought over custody of a child at one yeah, point. Yeah, that was a little weird, but and that's WWE. A great storyline. I think it was uh, uh, adoption Do- papers on yeah, a whole match. It or was. Something. It was like, and it was that had nothing to do with um, uh, what's his name, uh, Vince Russo. He did not have anything to do with that match. So if you can find it, I know there's like super cuts of this, but you need to go and do yourself. You need to go and do yourself a favor and watch this entire match from start. There's like maybe one or two like kind of slow like 30 second spots it's it's not like crazy 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 like some of these five-star japan matches but no it's as good as it gets and and, and the one thing i'll say about it is this is during the best period of ray mysterio because he always wore different um tights get and, yeah. and stuff it was yeah, outfits and this one was really cool looking kind of looking like a little bit of i forget the guy from he-man the what's the bad guy oh name skeletor man? he looks a little he has like that kind of theme to his look and the commentary is pretty good. They have the guy, is a Mike Tanay who gives you all the, uh, that's oh, yeah. a Luchadorian five-star flip or whatever. He was great during it. Bobby Hina was pretty good. Tony Schiavone is always good. And there was a nice side piece to the story of the match. They're fighting over the mask. He's trying to rip his mask off during the whole match. And you will go back and you will see, everybody knows Rey Mysterio is great. Eddie Guerrero might be top five wrestling wrestlers of all time. Yeah, he's one of those guys that took it very seriously, kind of like a macho man that you hear these stories. Like, he wanted everything to be perfect, and uh, which probably was a little bit of the demise of him, not just the end of his life, but, like, a lot to do with, like, his departure from wrestling. He was, had a lot of abuse issues, but these, some of these people that are perfectionists, this is the issue. But, yeah, he his matches are unreal. And this one, I remember watching this not too long ago because I'll usually, you know, put on the network to fall asleep to, and around Halloween I was popping on Halloween Havoc on the regular, and I remember coming across that match again. I was like, wow. Because it's just two it's guys fantastic. you can tell going out there trying to do what every wrestler should is steal the show and make people want to try to be better. By the way, I should be Mr. Fantastic because that's the word I say a lot. But one other thing before I forget, if yep. you're looking for something else to watch, by the way, this week the triple threat match on SmackDown between The New Day, oh. The Bar, and The Usos, probably seven well, – only you know three of them wrestled, but probably seven of the best workers in the world – all of them have great chemistry together. That match is going to be freaking bananas. I know. They haven't booked that yet, though, officially, right? I, I think it's got to be, right? And are they going to make a ladder match? They, they, they need to make it something because oh, those guys... One of them. Maybe it'll are, be a chairs match. Uh, or stairs. Stairs. <laughs> Jesus. They Eric bring Rowling. that up on the job or not all the time. That one time it was TLCS. Yeah. But uh, that, if you want to go out and just see something that was good in wrestling this week, that is 100% watchable. The Usos, to me, greatest wrestling tag team of all time. Wrestling, in ring wrestling. It's a that's a hard one to sell right now, but you know what? No, it's that's not. a topic for another time. Yeah. But uh, no, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, they can follow you on Twitter at bd twenty four eleven. 
Billy D2411. I messed that up earlier then, too. Yeah. It's no, right. are you sure it's not BD? BD's like my, like, Oh, that's lower the other name. I don't know. Anyways, Billy D2411 is what they show me out on the Jabberknocker. So. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm so great, great that the Jabberknocker shouts <laughs> you out. All right, all right. They shout him out. Hey, just in case you guys missed it, another podcast shouts him out. Good, great, grand, wonderful. wonderful. I'm Jason D. Rossi on Twitter. You can follow me there if you like. If not, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We'll be back with you guys next week. Here's our outro song. <laughs>